And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yo, yo, welcome to the post-game edition of the Forum Club. I am your host, Yovan Buha, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. And tonight, Saturday night, the Lakers defeated the Chicago Bulls 101-90 to to improve to a league-best 13-4, and a league-best 9-0 on the road, and now 2-0 on this seven-game road trip. The story of this game was Anthony Davis, who had a season-high 37 points uh, two nights after he said he sucks and was very critical of himself after having five consecutive games uh, with, with fewer than 20 points, which, of course, is a rarity for him. Uh, definitely a, a offensive funk that he was in. He had been passing the ball well, you know, had 13 assists over his previous two games, uh, but what was not looking like AD offensively, you know, uh, that, you know, missing free throws, missing jumpers, uh, failing to, to finish at the rim, struggling uh, to, to, you know, again, single coverage, double teams in, in terms of trying to score for himself. So uh, the Lakers made it a point to, to get him going early. Uh, you know, LeBron talked about it after the game that that, that was the game plan tonight. We're going to feed AD. We're, we're going to make sure he gets going. And they did that. He scored the first seven points of the game. He had 15 points in the first quarter, 26 in the first half. And actually scored his 37 through three quarters. You know, had this game been more competitive, we might have seen a 45 piece from him. We might have seen a 50 piece from him. Uh, he, he was really dominant. Uh, you know, 14 of 21 shooting, uh, two or three from deep, seven and nine from the free throw line. Um, you know, so AD just, you know, his best offensive performance of the season, his previous season high was 34 in San Antonio uh, in, in that second game. Uh, of the Lakers series over there, but just a, a phenomenal dominant performance from AD. And, and, you know, I've been getting so many questions and, and people concerned about his start to the season and what's going on. And I just think this was, you know, look like the bulls are not going to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, I, I think they're a lottery team. Maybe they'll be in the play in, in the East. Um, this is not a, a, you know, good defensive team. They, they do not, uh, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. was out. That they were starting Daniel Gafford, uh, so it, it was a lot of uh, Gafford and, and Markinen and Cristiano Felicio, and um, you know, uh, it, it was just not the the best personnel to throw at AD. Uh, you know, few teams are equipped to to even give him a hard time, but you know, the Bulls are certainly not on that list. Uh, but still, it was good. You know, with the way he had been playing, for him to come out. Uh, again, 37 points on 14 to 21 shooting like that. That is incredible efficiency. And, and most of his damage was done around the rim in the paint inside. Uh, you know, he was very assertive. He was aggressive. Uh, he, he shot the ball well and, uh, you know, c- connected on uh, another one of those. Uh, you know, uh, I, I believe it was Patrick Williams kind of dug over towards 80 uh, on the right block. And it was kind of a soft double, as Frank Vogel said, post game, and that just gave LeBron a runway to the rim. Like you help off, LeBron's the next man, you know, the, the next pass over, and, and you help off LeBron. 
uh, he's going to cut to the rim and he cut to the rim and, and got a, a monster dunk in, in a half court setting and had, had another nice uh, cut off of a Marcus soul, uh, you know, high post read in the second half. And it, it's just, you know, you, you've seen a different version of LeBron this season in, in terms of some of the off ball stuff, some of the cutting uh, that, that you hadn't seen as much, not only with the Lakers, but even in recent seasons uh, w- with Cleveland, you know, really have to go back to Miami to see this version of LeBron uh, in terms of his cutting and, and finishing in that manner. Uh, so, you know, I, I think the, the the one there was, you know, the one blemish on this game was the third quarter where, where the Bulls, uh, you know, outscored the Lakers 33 to 20. They got it down to, I believe, 14. Might have even been 12, but you know, I know for sure it was 14. Uh, and you know, Lakers shot four for 19 from deep. It's only 21%. Uh, you know, AD was actually the only Laker to make more than one three, uh, with, with KCP and Alex Crusoe being the others uh, to to connect on one. But you know, it was an uncharacteristic game in, in terms of that. But you look at 25 for for thir- you know for 31 for the free throw line. Uh, it's almost 81%. Uh, so I, I think you know an 18 turnovers. It's a little too high. Uh, but but overall, you know Frank Vogel said it uh, post game like he, he wasn't upset or, or concerned with the three point shooting. Uh, you know this team has been on a tear, shooting 40%, uh, tied for third best in the NBA heading into tonight's game. Uh, so you know four for 19. That's that's going to drop that. Uh, could drop that a bit with, with how close some of those rankings are. But I think overall big picture, you know th- this was a game the Lakers should have won. Uh, they they should have won by more, quite frankly. Uh, than 11, you know, not only just based on the opponent, but based on the context of the game itself, where, where you know, they had a 30-point halftime lead. It was their biggest halftime lead uh, since uh, last year uh, against the Suns, where, where they had a, a 33-point lead at halftime January 1st against the Suns. And it was the fewest points allowed uh, by by the Lakers uh, since uh, 2016, also against the Suns, and they only scored 22 points in uh, the first half. So, yeah, I mean, they, they had a 30-point lead, held the Bulls to 33 points uh, in, in the first half, and they were looking to to roll and, and just have an absolute, you know, 20, 30-point win. That didn't end up being the case, but I, I think the, the silver lining in that, Frank Vogel talked about it, uh, you know, that at halftime, he brought up the Golden State game and how the last time they had a big lead and lost it, uh, you know, they ended up losing the game. And... While they didn't come out with that urgency in the second half, you know, particularly in the third quarter, uh, LeBron and AD both got to rest the entire fourth quarter. You know, AD only played 28 minutes. LeBron only played 29. So from that perspective, even though the Bulls cut into the lead, kept it under 20 points for a, a good portion of the second half, the Lakers didn't have to put their starters back in, or, or at least not AD and LeBron. And anytime you can save those guys' legs and, and just shave off some minutes, that's always very valuable. So I think in the big picture, like we're not going to remember much from this game. I think 80s, you know, home cooking, big performance in front of what should have been his home, uh, you know, crowd and, and friends and family uh, ended up, you know, being, uh, you know, a, a dominant performance that they all had to, to, to watch from home. One other notable thing quickly, uh, THT, who had not played the last couple games, had seen his role diminish with Wes Matthews back in the lineup, played 21 minutes, the third most off the bench behind Trez and Kyle Kuzma, scored 10 points, including eight in the first half. He looked like 
THD, right? Like he four for four from the free throw line. You know, it was getting to the rim, getting into the paint. Uh, you know, did force a couple shots, had, had a couple turnovers, uh, but but you know looked. It was the, the the pros and cons of THT's game. Uh, I think he continues to look better, continues to look more assertive, and uh, you know I, I I like that Vogel went away from that uh, you know meh bench lineup. Um, Markeith Morris is actually a DMP, which I did not realize until right now. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, I wouldn't read too much into that. I think that you know the, the Lakers went away from that mad bench lineup and uh you know ended up um you know going with a, a different look a smaller look with, with Kuz at the four Tre, you know trez still at the five uh but but then west tht and, and alex on the perimeter which I, I do like that group more like uh, you know as i've said i think if you are going to go with a a a all bench lineup or even a bench lineup around lebron you need caruso in there or tht and then you can go Trez and and then Kyle or Wes or, or both. And then, you know, maybe bench Keefe or or you put Keefe in there and bench one of those two. But you need another ball handler, if not two. And, and so for me, seeing Alex and, and THT get some of those minutes next to LeBron uh, that, you know, we we have seen, but but not always seen, especially when they go to that that you know bigger lineup with, where basically Wes is the other um, perimeter guy like. Th- that to me was encouraging and, and it worked. Uh, you know, if you look at the bench minutes, uh, Kuzma plus nine, Trez was a plus zero, but he played a majority of the fourth. So he, he got some of that, uh, you know, blowout time. But Wes was a plus eight, Alex was a plus one, THT plus three. So, you know, the, the bench was a positive tonight, uh, going up against a, a, a solid bench in Chicago that, that, you know, has been a positive for that team. So I think ultimately, uh, again, like not much to take away from this game. I, I do think it's interesting. Markeith didn't play. I, I honestly didn't even notice that. Uh, but uh, you know, it might be something to ask Frank uh, ahead of the Cleveland game. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's get into the Q&A portion of the show. Uh, Not too many questions tonight, so we can probably breeze through this. Uh, From Ali uh, at Trojans Lakers, uh, big fan of the podcast. Any concern with the three-point shooting this game after making 19 three-point shots last game? They only made four. Also, what is going on with Dennis Schroeder and Marcus Soul? Both seem to be struggling on offense. Uh, so for the first question, I wouldn't read too much into it. Just like I, I wouldn't read too much into the 19 threes, I wouldn't read too much into the four threes. I, I think if you average those out, uh, they were, what, 19 for 37 last game. So they went four for uh, four for twenty one or nineteen four for uh, four for nineteen. So you add those together, right? So that's twenty three. Uh, I'm about to do math. Uh, let's see, nineteen plus thirty seven. That's what fifty six. So twenty three divided by fifty six. This is really exciting stuff. Still forty one percent. So I, I wouldn't, you know, if you look at the last two games against Milwaukee, uh, that that is twenty three threes. So eleven and a half. 41% shooting, you take that, 
Uh, you know, it's a little bit under what they're averaging. They're, they're averaging a little over 12 threes a, a game. So, uh, you know, f- from a makes perspective, it, it is not at their, you know, average standard. Uh, but from a percentage standpoint, that, that's, you know, better than their season average, which now is going to dip below 40% after tonight's game. So I wouldn't be too worried about the three-point shooting. I think it ebbs and flows. And, you know, I, I look at the 54 points in the paint as something that was very encouraging, right? Like, I, I think... You know, you can look at the three-point shooting as a negative, but they shot, uh, you know, not only 54 points in the paint, but they shot 31 free throws, which, you know, a majority of those came from being fouled in the paint. So I think, you know, if you look at that, this they really attacked the rim, really attacked the paint. Uh, you know, honestly, the, the only thing I'd, I'd have a, an issue with is the 19 three-point attempts. Like, I, I would like to see that always closer to 30, uh, you know, 30 to 35. Uh, so... Honestly, I have more of an issue with just 19 attempts versus just four makes. Uh, but again, I think that was a, a byproduct of uh, they got to the free throw line so much and they lived in the paint. So, you know, they, they weren't creating those same three point looks, which is exactly what Frank Vogel said post game. As for Mark and Dennis, uh, I think it, it really is just a, a learning curve for, for those two. And, and we've seen that lately. Mark is, is pretty much become only a spot-up shooter. Uh, he, he's not attacking uh, off of offensive rebounds. He's not really getting post-ups. Uh, he, he's not getting his, uh, you know, one-legged uh, Dirk shots that that he kind of uh, took over, you know, post-Dirk. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's one of the better guys at that. It's like him, LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, you know, Kevin Durant, and even LeBron and AD can hit that shot too, but Mark has been doing it for years. Uh, you know, we have not seen that from him. And uh, only one assist tonight, which was that backdoor cut to LeBron. Uh, but I think, I think the Lakers are still figuring it out. Uh, you know, with Dennis, he's in a shooting slump, um, but he, he's still being productive. You know, uh, four assists tonight, three turnovers. He he had some bad decisions, and I think for for Mark and Dennis, you know, neither guy has played with with two high usage guys to the extent of AD and LeBron. Um, you know, like. In Memphis, Mark didn't have anybody like that. Uh, in Toronto, he had Kawhi, uh, but but not two of those guys. And then with Dennis, you know, yes, he he technically, you know, in Atlanta, uh, it was a pretty um, you know uh, equal opportunity offense. In OKC, you know, he he did have Russ and, and PG uh, for I think a season or two, but you know, I think it, it's just it, it's he was also coming off the bench and it was a different role and. You know, I, I think him being in the starting lineup, playing a lot of minutes alongside LeBron and AD, um, you know, they, they have not been as staggered as I, I thought they were going to be. I think it's just an adjustment for him, you know, and, and there is that element of anytime he's sharing the floor with them, you know, I, I think it's clear, like the Lakers prefer the ball uh, going to those two. And, and even looking at the shot attempts tonight, AD at 21, LeBron at 16, and then it's a steep drop off all the way down to Dennis at eight, you know, half of the attempts of LeBron. So, uh, you know, I still think this is a, a circumstance where, you know, Dennis is, I guess, technically the third guy on the team uh, in terms of pecking order. But, you know, there, there are going to be nights where, uh, you know, Trez is right there or, or Kuz is right there or, or KCP if he's shooting the ball well, um, you know, THT if he's got it going off the bench. Like the, the Lakers have so many offensive weapons that I think, you know, on most nights, Dennis should be the third guy, but, but there will be instances in which he's just not getting the shots and uh, it's more of a matchup thing. Like, 
you know, I, I said last podcast, I, I, I thought Milwaukee was a not a great matchup for him. And, you know, Chicago, you know, it was okay. Uh, he was only three for eight. But I, I think I, I wouldn't worry too much. I, I want to see, again, we're not even at the 20-game mark. I, I want to see the 40-game mark, the 50-game mark, the 60-game mark. If we're seeing some of these issues and, and the Lakers haven't ironed out some of the, the problems with, with Mark and Dennis and, and just kind of figured out their fit, then I think some of this concern is warranted. But the other thing is, look, like this team's winning, right? Like, and of course, you're always looking for room for improvement, you know, different ways to to grow and evolve, uh, you know, as a, as a team. But I think right now uh, the formula is working. And again, th- there are de- definitely things that they can improve on, I think more so defensively than offensively. But, you know, I think until it becomes a problem, you know, until they, they start dropping some games that they shouldn't and we can identify that it is specifically because of Dennis or, or Mark or just the starting unit for whatever reason, like that that's when I would be more concerned. Um, I don't think like blowing the Golden State lead or, um, you know, lo- losing some of the games they've lost was because of that. If anything, I, I think it was because of the, the bench's struggles in those games. You know, one of the trends and losses has been the bench uh, centric units struggling and then another trend has been uh you know some of the the closing lineup decisions and and you know going with trez a couple times um or, or not going back to certain guys and uh you know kind of getting exposed defensively you know really looking at the portland and golden state matchup so i, I think you know for the lakers big picture i'm not worried about mark or dennis i, I think they both have shown flashes of, of you know why they were brought in. Uh, Mark's three point shooting, his passing, his rim protection. You know, had three blocks tonight. Uh, you know, Dennis his playmaking, his scoring, uh, you know, specifically his paint scoring, but also his pick and roll scoring, transition. Like uh, defensively, he's been re- you know really really impressive. So I'm not worried about either one of those guys. Um, let's get to a couple more. Uh, you know, Aaron Labhan uh, at Barnes 12, uh, you know, I, I touched on this basically a little bit earlier, but, you know, Vogel finally changed up the negative. We were all weren't happy with. What do you think about benching Morris, adding another ball handler, AC plus THT? I, I thought it worked. You know, I, I don't know if, if uh, Keefe is necessarily the guy to bench. I, I do think you can make a case he's been the 10th or 11th guy. Uh, you know, I, I think Wes is, is probably recently shown a little bit more than Keith. Keith is kind of in quiet, uh, but I, I do think there are going to be matchups where the Lakers need Keith. Uh, you know, I, I just think his skill set as a guy who could defend multiple positions, could defend inside, defend on the perimeter, uh, space the floor, um, you know, and, and play bigger than his size, right? Because I think, you know, looking at him versus like a Kuz or a Wes, um, you know, someone you might look at in that like three, four spot, although, you know, Wes, Wes is more of a two, three. Um, but but just kind of sliding that guy next to LeBron and AD in the front court, you know, Keith will play bigger than his size. You know, he he's a six eight six nine guy who can be that four point five for you and, and even play some five. And the Lakers don't really have another guy like that. Um, you know, and, and looking at Mark, there's going to be certain defensive matchups where he gets played off the floor. Looking at Trez, same thing. Uh, but also offensive matchups where, you know, he if he's going up against like a Rudy Gobert or someone like that, you, you probably don't want him out there, not only for the defensive concerns, but he's just not going to be as effective offensively. Uh, so that, that's where you want a, a Keefe, I think, where, you know, he can 
provide some of the the, the spacing that like Mark provides, uh, but then also have some defensive versatility. So I, I don't know, you know, bigger picture, and, and that's how I like to look at these things. If benching Keith is the move, but I do think adding in some THT and again, just even adding in Alex, right? Like, you know, Alex for someone in that, someone else other than LeBron in that bench centric unit, you go LeBron, Alex, Trez, and then pick your other two guys, you know, Kuz, Wes, Keith, THT, uh, you know, mix and match. I think that's a really good bench lineup. Uh, but but just having LeBron and four other guys who aren't going to handle the ball or play make, that is a recipe for disaster, as we've seen. Uh, this is a quick one here from uh, at Laker Supply. Uh, hey, Yovan, how many fast break points did the team have after the recent lull they've been in? Definitely felt like more than the eight they've been averaging. They had 13 fast break points tonight, and that actually felt lower to me than um, it, it seemed in the moment, like watching the game. Felt like they got out and transitioned more. Uh, also remember, you know, some of those free throws came from from drawing fouls in transition. So, you know, technically that uh, w- would be a little bit higher. But uh, yeah, 13, uh, uh, you know, th- this team is at its best and most dangerous in transition. I think if this game had been closer earlier uh, and LeBron and AD had been, you know, forced to play in the fourth, you would have seen more transition points. So that, that's definitely something that you know under a normal search i mean this game was basically over by the end of the third so some of the stats were a little bit wonky and i think under normal circumstances under a normal competitive game that is at least competitive into like the middle of the 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 fourth quarter and you have starters out there uh you know i think lakers maybe get to like 20 fast break points tonight uh what's uh this one is from uh, stefan keating uh at Stefan MK or St- Steven Stefan. I apologize. I don't know which one. Uh, Wes Matthews gets fewer minutes than I expected going into the season. Is that just a case of too many players or is he not earning minutes? I think it's both. I think it's too many players. Uh, you know, case, I mean, it, it's, I think it's, it's not just too many players. It's that there's too many players playing well and he has not particularly played well. You know, he, he's been very up and down with, with his shooting. Uh, just w- with his on-off court, you know, plus minus, like he's just kind of been all over the place, and, and most of the time been a negative. You know, been one of the the worst guys in terms of plus minus. Like lineups with Wes have struggled more than any other rotation player, uh, and, and you know he he has I think been a bit passive offensively in terms of his shots, um, you know, passing up threes, and you know has openly talked about how much of an adjustment it's been going from being a starter to, to coming off the bench. But you just look at it like you know KCP. Uh, has uh, you know KCP was shooting fifty seven percent on threes heading into tonight. Uh, same with Alex Caruso. You know we we know what those guys bring defensively. We know what they bring in, in transition. Uh, you know two of you, you can make the case arguably the third and fourth best players uh, in the postseason uh, last season and, and in you know in the finals. Uh, so looking at that, like those guys need minutes and, and you know they're in direct competition. Then you bring in a guy like Dennis, who is going to be a, a high usage, high minutes guy in, in the backcourt. You have THT, who's emerging, and the Lakers are trying to find minutes for. Uh, you, you have Kuz, who has actually played more at, at the three and the two uh, than you'd like. Like you know, ideally, Kuz is like a three point five, uh, a four. Uh, you know, you probably want to play him more at the four, but be, because of certain lineup configurations, uh, you know, including that that group that they play w- without another ball handler. Like he plays at the two sometimes. I mean, he, he started at the two. So I just think it is a bit of a minutes crunch 
where the Lakers have Frank, I mean, and then of course you have LeBron, who you know one through three is, is going to play, um, you know, a bunch of minutes across those three positions. So I just think looking at that, it's like the Lakers have probably four or five guys who should be playing twenty five to twenty eight minutes, and they can't play all those guys twenty five to twenty eight minutes. So Wes has just been one of those guys that has kind of been on the receiving end of the minutes crunch. So um, I will get to. Uh, last question here from uh, Philip F. And this is at PhilFlow87. With all the postponed games happening around the league, is it a testament to how seriously the Lakers organization is taking protocols or is it just luck? Uh, and then knocks on wood. Well, Philip, I think it's a bit of both. Uh, if you look at who the Lakers have played, they haven't really faced a team that's been ravaged by COVID. Uh, so I, I think that has been luck. Like, you know, there, there's been some cases where they, they played some teams w- with absences, but they haven't had any of these situations where, you know, a game has not been postponed. They have not played an opponent with like eight or nine guys. Um, so that has been luck and, and fortune. Um, on the other side, you know, the, the team has been very vocal about how seriously they're taking COVID uh, for, from Frank Vogel to LeBron James to AD to, to Kuz, to Marcus Soul, like they have all talked about, you know, this is something that they're taking very seriously, both because of how serious it is, uh, but but also, you know, they are, uh, you know, the defending champions and, and they want to repeat. And this is a competitive group. And, uh, you know, Kuz had a, I thought, a great line about like, nobody wants to let their brother down. You know, nobody wants to be that guy that gets in COVID protocol uh, because of something stupid that they did or something reckless that they did and and, and cost the team and, and be out. Um, and also, frankly, I think from a competitive standpoint, you know, with how deep this team is, if you miss a few games, like you could lose your spot, you, you could lose minutes. Uh, you know, I think that's a real, th- you know, uh, potential threat w- with this team with, with how deep they are. So, um, you know, Alex was the one guy who, who got in it. He, he said, uh, you know, it was a close contact, uh, you know, tracing thing where, he saw someone after Christmas um, that that he trusted, and and you know that person, um, I guess, ended up testing positive, and, and he he was a, a uh, you know co- uh, close uh, contact tracing uh, case, and ended up missing five games. But aside from that, this has all been good uh, from from you know the Lakers side of things, and um, I think part of it is luck because they, they again they have yet to play like a Washington, a Philly, like some of these teams that have really been decimated. Uh, And, you know, we've seen how the teams that those teams have played uh, have kind of ended up, you know, having to miss some, some games in in some cases with certain players. So I I do think there's a level of, of, um, you know, luck involved for sure. But I also think, uh, and the other thing that LeBron said that I think applies here is that, you know, being in, in LA, you know, in LA County and in California, like, we're all used to how strict this has been. You know, we've all had to deal with this since March. Like other states, other counties, uh, you know, across the country have not had it as strict. So I, I think if you're, you know, and not every player is, is returning uh, for, from last year's team, but you know, I think for the most part, for most of the team, they are used to that standard of we're basically, you know, being in LA, we're basically staying in our house unless we're going to the grocery store or, or an essential service. Um, so I, I think for the new guys, it's kind of fitting into that and, and kind of seeing like, okay, well, if nobody else is going out to eat or party or, or do whatever, like 
we're not going to do that either. And I think that's a disadvantage for, for certain teams in other states, uh, like, you know, like a Florida or something like that, where they have a lot looser policies and, uh, you know, th- those teams and players can, can kind of go out and do stuff, or at least there's the temptation of, you know, okay, maybe my teammates aren't doing this, but if I want to go out to a restaurant, if I want to go out to a club, if I want to go party or, or do whatever, like I have that opportunity. Whereas in LA, it's, it's a little bit more rare um, and there, there, it's just, you know, it's harder to do. So I think it's a combination of all that, but this trip is really going to test this. You know, they're on uh, game two of a, a two-week, you know, seven-game trip. And it's seven games in seven cities, seven different states. So it is going to be interesting to see how the Lakers survive this, how they handle this. And if, if they can survive this without a COVID scare, uh, you know, or, or situation rather, uh, you know, knock on wood, I, I think you know, they, they should be able to survive it at, you know, anything. Right. And it's, it seems to be inevitable where there, there's going to be, you know, one guy, two guys, maybe multiple guys who are close contact or, or you know, test positive. Like it's it just, it's happening to every, you know, basically every team except for a few. So, you know, the Lakers have been one of those few teams that, that have kind of been able to avoid it. I, you know, it, it does feel inevitable at some point, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how and, and when that happens and, and how they handle it and who it is and, um, you know, how many games are postponed, if there are any, and, and, and just kind of how the team responds. And, um, you know, de- depending on who it is, you, you might see certain guys have to step up and, and play more minutes. And um, that could end up being a silver lining down the road. So uh, th- there's a lot that we don't know, a lot we can't predict with this. Uh, but, but it is definitely something that's interesting, something that uh, we should all be thinking about. So um, thank you guys for the great questions. As always, uh, you can follow me uh, and and talk to me and, and reach out and ask questions uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Jovan Buha. That's at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. Uh, I will be back Monday night following the Cleveland game. I will talk to you then. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.